Welcome to the Kingsway Christian Fellowship Home Service. We hope that you'll be blessed as you listen to this audio sermon streamed live from Melbourne, Australia. Kingsway Christian Fellowship is a family Bible-based non-denominational church preaching Jesus Christ, based in Wonturner. Visit www.kingswaychristianfellowship.com. Now here is Pastor Werner Schultz. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did on that cross. Lord, we give glory to your name and we lift you up. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word and we look forward to hearing from you, my God. Okay, welcome everybody in the wonderful name of Jesus. And I want to speak this morning on a special theme. And this is a little bit of a parenthesis. Uh, I used to speak about uh, in Hebrew you know, that Jesus is even the greater one than any prophet, greater than Moses, greater than even Aaron, the high priest, and so on. And I want to speak this morning on a different, total different subject. You remember perhaps last uh, or a, a few Sundays ago, somebody actually challenged one of our pastors and said, can any of your pastors perhaps speak on marriage? And so I wanted to do, I prayed for it, and I said, Lord, I want to do it, and I want to speak this morning on marriage. And my theme is with reference to Christ and the church. Now the scripture I'm going to read is in Ephesians chapter 5, and there from um, verse 22 to 33. Ephesians 5, 22 to 33. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be uh, to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present himself the church in all her glory, having not, not spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that would be, that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. Because we are members of his body, 
For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respect her husband so far. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And Lord, in every situation of our life, your word has always the right answer because your word is the truth and the truth never ever changes. And I thank the Lord also that we can listen to this truth that's being given to us through the Apostle Paul, Lord, here in Ephesians chapter 5. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you may give me grace to speak your word, give grace to listen to your word, and also give grace to act upon your word, word in the wonderful and glorious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. A preacher once said, Preachers are specialized in answering questions which were never been asked. Is it true, all you preachers? We answer sometimes questions nobody asked them. But this was a question from a sister in Ballarat. And I remember three or four um, Sundays ago, and she challenged us pastors and said, can any of you, pastor, speak on this subject? And I prayed about and said, Lord, I'm going to preach on this subject. Now, this is a subject that is not my idea. It's the word of God. And Paul himself, he was keen to touch the subject in such a clear way. We can learn from it. And it's so important if our hearts are open for the word of God, there should be only happy, happy marriages in the church. Amen. And I wish everyone and also those who are not married yet, but might have a, a girlfriend or perhaps a fiance, whatever, listen to this very clearly. And that's so important. I wish that everybody who wants to marry, that he and she might be happy, as happy as I am. Hallelujah. I must say, I'm very, very happily married. Hallelujah. And this all because with reverence to Christ and the church. That's so important. Now, as I said, I prayed about it. And this is not my idea. I said, Lord, I want to preach your word. And you can listen this morning. And if you want to make notes, you can do it too. But now the Apostle Paul took on this subject very seriously. And we know he is an apostle of Jesus Christ. And we can see these words very clearly as the word of God. Hallelujah. First of all, 
And as this a Christian marriage is not, there is, for instance, not a so-called macho man. Have you heard what it means? A macho man. I am the man. No, that's not the case in a Christian family. Nor is there a macho man and a scared little woman. He is scared about her husband and she might almost pray to him if she has got a wish. No, it is a very mature situation because remember both the husband and the wife have been redeemed with the same blood of Jesus. She is in no way minor or lesser than the husband. And the husband is not up there and the woman up down there. No, it's so important what we must learn. And let's read perhaps the scripture, just one verse from Psalm 91, verse 1. Can we have it on the screen, perhaps? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Now here I have to say something. And that's the privilege if you can speak two languages. And if you read it in German, it says differently. It says, he who dwells or under the shelter. Here it says, under the Schirm of the Most High. Now, what is a Schirm? A Schirm is an umbrella. So I want to speak on the so-called and that's my term, umbrella theology for marriage. Have you heard this term before? Of course not. You haven't heard me speaking about that. Now, what is that? It's so important that we understand it. The man is not just somebody who rules with an iron fist or perhaps with a sword over his wife. This is... It's not the Christian picture. This is not. That's why my sermon is set or is titled with reference to Christ and the church. And we know very clearly that Jesus loves the church. And Paul, he has got a very clear understanding and his homiletics of preaching the gospels are very clear. And we can understand that. In verse 23, he says, for instance, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the savior of the body. Do we understand it really? Jesus is not the boss. In a way, if you don't do what I say, there is the stick. No. Says here clearly that Jesus or the husband is the head of the wife. As Christ is also the head of the church. He himself being the savior of the body. 
Now, one question, and I think we are all mature that we understand this question, and it is this. Where was Eve's situation before Adam became, or before Adam got a wife, or before she became Adam's wife? Anybody knows this answer? You know, Adam was created from the mud of the earth. So Adam, there's not very special in you, Werner. There is not very, th very special things with you. We have been made out of mud, but God breathed his breath of life into us. Now the question, where was Eve situated before she became Adam's wife? Bible, let's go to the answer. In Genesis chapter 2, the verses 20, let's read the scripture. Can we have it on the screen perhaps? So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then the Lord one, took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, this now is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Do we understand here something? And that's so important to understand. And the Bible says clearly that we actually belong together. And the Bible speaks here and shows us Eve's secure place was on the side or in the side of Adam. And that's the only secure place for a wife at the side of Adam. And you know the story why God took Eve out of the sight of Adam. Why? In order to be next to him. He didn't take Eve out of the head that Adam wouldn't run around headless. No. He took not Eve out of the foot that a man should not trample upon her. He took her out of his side. And in the side of Adam, she was secure and at the side of her husband, Every wife will feel secure. And that's so important to understand. Now, my wife was in Germany involved in, in ladies' ministry, and she went often to uh, ladies' uh, conferences. There, they did learn not to stand up against the husband, as I hear sometimes 
in Australia, ladies said, well, now ladies take your spot and stand up to your husband. Garbage. That's devilish. That's not in the Bible. The Bible is this. And that's why I want to speak a little bit on the so-called umbrella theology. Now, as I said in Psalm 91, it speaks about that he who is under the Schirm in German, actually under, what does it say there in um, uh, Psalm 1? Under protection or under the shelter of the Most High. A wife is only secure if she is under the shelter of her husband. That's where she feels secure. And that's important. And now let's read in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. The Bible says here clearly. And I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man. And the man is the head of a woman. And God is the head of Christ. Do you see these different umbrellas? Head, I want to replace with the word umbrella or protection. And there is the husband is under the head, and that is Christ, under the umbrella of Christ. And the woman or the wife is under the umbrella of his or her husband, rather. And we are all under the umbrella and protection of God. Hallelujah. That's so important. And do you know what it actually means? And perhaps you might have also seen it on a rainy day. So on a rainy day, a husband and a wife having a little bit of a walk, walking in the rain. This term is somehow known, but I don't know where it really comes from. Now, what would you realize? There's first of all, somebody is going to hold the umbrella. He's got a stick in his hand. Is it right? What does he need this stick for? In order to protect his wife. She is on his side. And you will see it with very young marriages that she is snuggling up to him. Have you seen it? Have you ever experienced it, husband, when you went in the rain with your wife? She is coming, snuggling up because on your side, that's where she feels well protected. And that's the thought of the so-called umbrella theology. Now, Jesus Christ, he was under the theology or under the head, under the umbrella 
of the Father. He could say, I do only the things I see my Father doing. Never, ever, ever did Jesus slip out of the umbrella of his Father, did he? And even when it was very, very hard at Gethsemane, he said, not my will, but thy will be done, Lord. And Jesus was close to the Father. And that's important. And that's why when Jesus was working miracles, he could do it because he was always under the umbrella of the Father. Amen. Now, wives, listen to me. If you only would understand how much a husband would appreciate you if you come close to him, to his side, and stay under his umbrella. This is also an, abre an umbrella of so-called authority. Not authority, you have to do what I say to you. This is often a misunderstanding. And it could be that perhaps some Bibles would say, wives obey you husbands. But that's actually not the way. Wives remain under the umbrella, the headship of your husband. There was once a man who came to a pastor. And we as pastors, we hear or hear all sorts of stories, sometimes from marriages. And I say something, if people only would understand the Bible. Husbands, you are not a macho man, and your wife is not a timid little Christian girl. No, you are an umbrella for your wife, and that's important. Now, this man came to the pastors, to this pastor, and said, "Well, my wife, she doesn't want to obey me." And the pastor said, "Well." Where did you read it? In the Bible. Can you show me the scripture? And he took it and said, here it says, Ephesians chapter 5, 22, wives obey your husband. And this was a very clever pastor. I wish I would be sometimes as clever as this pastor was. He said, now read it again. To whom is it written? You are complaining that your wife is not obeying you? To whom is it written? And again, they read it together. Wives, obey your own husband. He said, what do you read here? Wives, obey your husband. To whom has it been written? To you? Or to the wives. Of course, it's been addressed to the wives. And I believe every Christian wife, she understands the principle of God. She has got some idea of the umbrella theology in marriage. And that's so important. Husbands, 
love your wife. That's written for you, husband. And you better underline it with a good highlighter. Husbands, love your wife. Can I hear an amen from all the ladies? Unfortunately, you are muted. Hopefully, hopefully your husband is not muting you either. And it says here clearly, husbands, love your wife. Now I want to speak on the second point of my servant. Love the motivator. Love is actually the motivator, not the sword, not the stick. Love is the motivator. And I believe, I have learned it, I am now over half a century married with my wife, and I learned something, that love really is a motivator. And I don't have to lift up my finger and say, you have to obey me. I never have done it. Perhaps I might have done it in a joke. And if you do it, it is a joke. But I tell you what, it is written to us, and that's important. Husbands love your wives. And the question is now this, how should we love our lives? And that's why my sermon, the title is, with reverence to Christ and the church. And the reference is this. How should we love our wives? Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for the church. And that's important. Love is being shown by what a husband is willing to give up. You understand? Husbands, have you got it? Did you get it? That's what the Apostle Paul says. And from him we have so much theology of salvation. Shouldn't we take this word seriously as well? I remember in my early sister in the church, and unfortunately, her husband was not a Christian. And he rang me, and he was pretty angry. And he said, Pastor, I want to divorce my wife. And the way he spoke, I realized what happened. He had a little bit of a grok. You know what it means? Alcohol. And I was pretty much switched on then. Say, so you better divorce yourself from your alcohol. And then we can talk about the other things. Now it's important, husbands, what are you prepared to give up for your wife? And I do not doubt that you love your wife and you want your wife to be happy. And that's something I learned here in Australia. And listen, husbands. Happy wife, how does it go further? Happy life, and that's true. If you can make her um, happy, you will be happy. Now, so how did Jesus 
sanctify her. Or what is sanctification? When the Bible speaks about very clearly in Hebrews that without sanctification, husbands, and without sanctification, wives, no one will see the Lord. Who is the worst or the first to find out whether you have been sanctified, husband? Your neighbor or your wife? Can you give me the answer? Who is first to find out whether you are sanctified? It's your wife because she lives with you together day by day and night too. And she will find out whether you really sanctified. Now, sanctification, I would say, is this mirroring the character of Christ in our life. Is it clear? Mirroring the character of life of Christ in our life. Now you find it out very clearly whether a marriage is functioning correctly in a Christian marriage. In a good Christian marriage, children will find out very clearly. Now if they come to the father and they ask for something and the father decided it's not good for the children. And he says, in this case, no. Have you ever said no to your children, husbands or fathers? Now, what is actually, if the marriage is not good, what would the child, because they have understood there's not always total harmony between father and mother. What would some children then do? If they realize there is no, no harmony, they would go to the mother. But if they understand there is harmony between father and mother, they're not even there to go to mom. Why not? Mom would say no too. And that's so important. And we see that's what the Bible means by sanctifying. That means that the husband and the wife are sanctified before God and also united in the question of bringing up children. If the wife would say yes, in spite the father said no, you will bring up bastards. And I wish that none of your children would be brought up as a so-called, and I use that, that Australian expression, that your children should not become bastards, but sons of a happy and blessed marriage. Now, there's something very important as well. Husband and wives are helpmates for or towards salvation. And Ella and I, we have spoke, spoken about this many, many, many times. And I remember in the early days, when we were still in Germany, 
when we had farewelled our children to school or said goodbye, God bless you, and so on. We often sat at the table and had our breakfast continuing. And then we understood this word that Eve was made for a helpmate for Adam. Eve's wives understand we need you. Is it right, all your husband? And move you quickly and say, yes, amen. We need you. Without our wives, we are not. And you <laughs> wives, you need your husbands or your husband. That's important. In order to be a helpmate for salvation. And if a husband gets through or gets away with everything, it's wrong. Understand. Listen, husband, and write it into your Bible, perhaps in the first, on the first side. If I get everything my way, it's wrong. Here we see something, a wonderful, and that's God, a wonderful cooperation between the husband and the wife. And I must say, my wife not always cushions me. Don't expect it, husband, to be cushioned from your wife. No. If she has to say something, it doesn't go down very well with you, take it. Take it. Perhaps it's something the Lord wanted to say to you, something. Don't be in any way arrogant and say, no wife, no woman can tell me anything. You are not usable for the kingdom of God. But if your wife can tell you something because she is interested in your well-being too, is it true, all your wives? I would like to hear the great amen, like a great crescendo from all the wives. It's true. When you help your husband, it might be sometimes a little bit against your grain. And that's good, so. That's good, so. Then by this we can help. That's important. And that's what the Apostle Paul says here. Now, under this same umbrella, you remember the umbrella theology of marriage, yes? The Father is the umbrella of authority over, the, over Christ. Christ is the umbrella of authority over the husband. And the husband is the umbrella over the wife. And husband and wives together are a big family umbrella under which all the children can see 
heaven on earth in your family. And that's so important. Hallelujah. And further, the Apostle Paul says here in verse 28 in chapter 5, Ephesians, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. If husband, if you love you so much, the best way to express your much love for yourself, and you might be full of it, I don't know, is to show it to your wife. If you love your wife, then you love yourself. And here I must say, love yourself by loving your wife. Now, and the last thing is the magnet game. Do you know the magnet game? I want to speak about it. For this reason, the Bible says in verse 31, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be what? shall be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. The magnet theology. And is this that a man will leave his father and mother. Now I'm now a pastor for many, many years and I got to learn many pastors uh, in the past, and there was one special pastor. He was a servant of God, like an, a prophet of Old Testament. When he was preaching somewhere in a church, he didn't meet up with the pastor of the church first and, uh, and inquired, what's, what's going on in your church here and so on. No, he stopped somewhere on his way when he was visiting a church to preach and he prayed and he didn't ask the pastor what should I preach on now when we have guest preacher I hardly give him a theme I hardly say preach on this and this and give the church really the stick no he was coming like a prophet of old coming to the church but he asked the Spirit of God, and under the anointing of the Spirit of God, he preached and touched exactly the themes and the things which were necessary in the church. That's the Spirit of God. That's when a pastor is under the umbrella of Jesus. Amen? That's when a pastor is under the umbrella of Jesus, and we pastors must be under the umbrella of Jesus. A word to all the pastors and all those who are going to become pastors and all those who preach are going to preach where the Bible speaks, we must speak. Where the Bible is silent, we must be silent. You understand it? And I can't be silent this morning. I must preach this. Now coming back to that magnet game. You know, 
There was times where I also had to entertain our children when they were pretty small. And I had an idea because it was shown to me as a boy as well. And I told him, I took a little safety pin. You know what a safety pin is? You can't hurt anyone with it. I put it on the table and I told him, I can make it to move the safety pin from this corner of the table to that. And then I had a magnet under the table. I placed it under the table where the safety pin was, moved it under the table to the other corner. And the eyes of the children almost fell out of their sockets. How did they do that? And that's so important to understand. God has given you a magnet. Husband, there is a magnet in your family. And who is the magnet? Let's read this scripture again. Verse 30. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife and they too shall become one flesh. Now this very interesting pastor I told you about who never listened what people would say about the church. He was hearing from the Spirit of God. And I heard about him because he was so such an original when he consummated uh, or had some marriages to marry them a young couple he not only asked the couple will you be with this man and vice versa will you be with this lady he had the liberty to ask even the mother-in-law she was there at the wedding too. And his question, that's what I heard, was this. Are you prepared to give your son away and take your fingers away? In other words, now this question sometimes has to be asked as well. Husbands, do you know who joins who? Anybody can give me the answer. Who joins who? And he will be joined to the woman. Let's read it again. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his, to his wife. Oh, what a strong magnet. What a strong magnet. And that's important. And they shall become one flesh. Of course, nevertheless, and that's what Paul says here in verse 32. This mystery is great. Hallelujah. It was a mystery for our children when I 
let move the safety pin from the right corner of the table to the left corner. For them, it was a mystery. For much for me, no, because it was a trick. They didn't know that there's power, the magnetic power went through the timber through and then attached the safety pin. And wherever I moved, that magnet, the safety pin went as well. You know, husbands, what that means? Some would say, no, does it mean that we should do all and everything? The wife says, I, doesn't, I didn't say that. But I say something, and that is this. There is a wonderful magnetic power in our wives, and that's the love of God. Because we do love our wives, and she, in return, would do what? Love you too. Amen. And this was all written by somebody who was not married. Shouldn't we? It was written by somebody who was not married. If I would have written it, then you can say, oh, you have a good marriage. No, it was written by somebody who had no, it was not married. And it was the Apostle Paul. He was not married because of the sake of the gospel that he could move around, around freely to preach the gospel. With a little story, I want to conclude my sermon. Should I stop here or do you want to hear that little story? Yes, tell us. Yes. Tell us who was that? Peter. Good. All right. The little story is this. You all have heard about Cyrus, the king of the Persians. He once king, uh, conquered a kingdom and when he conquered it, so it was the time to pass judgment either on the king and all his uh, uh, people. And he called the king and the queen into his tent. And then he was talking about what he was going to do with the king and with the queen. Cyrus... He wanted to make the queen a prisoner of his uh, palace. And the king said, no, 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 rather take my life. Rather take my life. But let my wife live. Let the queen live. And so... This thing was good. She let, or the Cyrus, he let them go free because he saw the love of the king to his queen. And as they went home to their own place, and then he asked 
his wife, the queen, did you see the, queen, the king from Paris or from Persia? Did you see him? How beautiful, how glamorous she came there and all the things in his tent, how much glamour there was. And she said, no, I only had eyes for him who was prepared to give his life for me. That's a husband. And that's a wife. A wife will have only eyes for her husband when he is prepared to give everything. And if it has to be here with the king at the, cent at the uh, tent of the king of, uh, of uh, Persia. That's important. Wives, I know you only have eyes for your husband. Husbands, that's why let your wife speak to you. If they say something, don't do that anymore. Don't do that anymore. It is spoken out of the mouth of somebody who I would say idolizes you or loves you and respects you. These are the last words of Paul from the section of dealing with marriage. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is so clear. Lord, how could we ever live as if these words were not written in the Bible. We do appreciate so much. And I thank the Lord that you will bless all the marriages wherever they are in our church or in churches around us who are affiliated in some way or another with us. Lord, give every church Happy, happy marriages according to this, what we just heard in the precious, wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah.